0: This is Cole Anthony of the Orlando Magic. Your afternoon drive just got a little easier. You're listening to In The Zone with Brandon Kravitz on 96.9 The Game. A busy football weekend delivered some exciting moments. It was another clean sweep in the state for our... Uh, or almost a clean sweep for the college and NFL teams that we cover. Unfortunately, the Jags would ruin that one after not showing up against the Chiefs, but I digress. Darren Stoltzfus is the sports director at West 2 News. He joins us every Monday uh, these days to break down what we saw over the weekend, key storylines, and everything in between. Darren, welcome back. How was your weekend?
1: Good to be with you, Brandon. Happy to be back. It's a Monday. Best part of Monday, right?
0: uh without a doubt is the uh are you talking <laughs> about specifically our conversation or just the general breakdown of everything
1: absolutely our conversation
0: okay for that's sure. good i like lean it. let's all lean into that uh let's start <laughs> in the college world the gators deliver in a big way you said last week which we got a lot of life out of this comment by the way and mo- mostly uh, thanks to our morning show host mike bianchi who thought that you and i were both insane for even having this conversation. But you said that this was the, quote, season for the Gators. You must be pretty impressed with the effort you saw on Saturday.
1: I really was. I thought Billy Napier had his best coaching performance. I thought the Gators played their best game since he was in town. And I thought for what the game represented, it was a huge moment for his tenure at the Gators. And I understand, Mike. Like, I don't think Billy was on the hot seat by any means if he loses Saturday. I just think the entire trajectory – of where the program went after Saturday. It was at a, you know, at a fork in the road. You're going to go left. You're going to go right. Which way are you going to go? And the trajectory they're on now is a much better one. Had Tennessee come in and done what they should have done and taken care of business, but yeah, being in the swamp Saturday, uh, watching Billy Napier afterwards, I have never seen that man smile as much as he did Saturday. And I think going forward, that was what the Gators needed to see. That was proof of concept. That was. The work that they're putting in, and, and Billy said as much. The work that they've been putting in since they arrived. Now you get to see the fruits of that, and you experience the win that matters. It is a rivalry win, and it's early in the season, and it just—it's jet fuel for them for the rest of the year. And especially looking around the rest of college football, it doesn't look like anybody else is bulletproof. I mean, good grief, uh, the way Georgia played, the way Florida State played, the way Alabama and Texas. Played. I mean, it, it. I'm not saying Florida's going to the college football playoffs by any means or stretch of the imagination. I'm just saying it looks like a very level playing field. And after what you saw Saturday, you have to at least be encouraged in Gainesville.
0: And I I backed you up. Uh, I, I, that's not ever what you said, that this was a hot seat situation for Billy Napier. I believe your point was if you want to gain any momentum this season, you, then you have to win this week. If you don't want it, then uh, leave that one on the table. And they went out and got it done. So that was that's this sort of conversation where you go, well, I'm not talking college football playoff. You wouldn't even make a comment like that a week ago. And now all of a sudden (laughs) you have to, you have to qualify your response with, you know, I do have uh, realistic expectations.
1: Right. But when you're going from Stuart Mandel saying in the athletic, Hey, Billy's going to go three and nine in year two and gets fired at Florida. Like that's a stretch. Like uh, it's been very clear that the patience was there from, uh, from the, you know, athletic director Scott Strickland, but the, the payoff from Saturday's win can motivate them in ways that a loss just would have been a gut punch. I, I don't know how else to describe right. it, uh, but when you keep plugging away and plugging away and plugging away and you're not making any progress in the games that matter, that takes a toll on you. And I think Billy Napier said as much in his post-game press conference, tasting that victory will do so much for this program.
0: Do you think it was, in the other direction, a, a tone-setting loss for Tennessee? That fan base had fallen in love with Josh Heupel quick. We love the Colorado story this year. Last year, Tennessee was the big revival story in college football, and now it seems like they've kind of regressed to the mean a little bit.
1: Uh, well, full disclosure, Brandon, I am a Tennessee grad, and I did come mm. Josh Heupel for a few years here at UCS. To me, that game Saturday, and I like Josh Heupel a lot. To me, that game Saturday was a perfect example of what happens when that offense just hits a little bit of adversity. You hit a couple early three and outs, especially with a guy like Joe Milton, went to Olympia, great guy. His, his success off the field and leadership has been well documented. But he has a couple bad throws, and it seems like that snowballs. Well, that's the entire Josh Heupel offense, is it snowballs. You get going, it snowballs and you do things successfully, it also can go the other way. And, you know, we've talked about offensive efficiency, and that is what his offense is about. It's not time of possession. That doesn't matter to them. It's not a priority. Well, the way Billy Napier coached Saturday, I think Tennessee's going to run into that a whole lot more uh, the rest of the season. And that offense is so built around the quarterback. We saw it at UCF. If you don't have the right guy under center, and let's face it, the, you know, wide receivers were not running wide open against Florida like we saw last year with it. The SEC just looks stunned by his offense, uh, and he is a wonderful offensive mind. Uh, but when you have players like on the tra- on the, on the ETN long touchdown run that just kind of run into him, like maybe make a tackle, like that would be a good idea in the secondary once he breaks through. Uh, so I think regressing to the mean, probably going to happen this year for Tennessee. Look, it's a long season. They can still win a lot of games. Uh, and I am scarred from the recent years and past coaching hires, but. I was not impressed in the least by what I saw Saturday from the, uh, the orange and white.
0: Yeah, that is the Josh Heupel experience. Darren Stoltzfus, sports director at West 2 News, on with us here, recapping what we saw over the weekend. Does FSU have some issues after they struggled and barely hung on up in Chestnut Hill, or do you view this as the classic look-ahead spot, Clemson coming up this weekend?
1: I think it's in between. Uh, to me, the Southern Miss game almost was the look-ahead game for Florida State. And they came out and handled business, so I, I'm not as sure it was about that as much as like you're gonna have a you're gonna have an off game. And Jordan Travis got dinged up a little early in that game. Um, you had to worry about the hurricane; maybe that was gonna be weird, and the weather was gonna be bad. You're going on the road for a long trip for the first time this season. I, I think weird things happen at Boston College too. I've seen Clemson struggle there before in dominant years, so I'm not too worried about Florida State. But yes, Saturday's huge. I think playing at noon is a good thing for them. They can get in, get out, get, take care of business. Um, but it does, it does concern you a little bit, but I think if they had struggled in the least bit against Southern Miss, oh, then you have a trend. Uh, but I think maybe it's just a hiccup. Look, Saturday was a wacky day. South Carolina was up by two touchdowns at halftime at Georgia. Like it's going to be a strange season. I think we're, we're kind of feels like 2007 almost, you know, I think we're in, in store for some craziness. Uh, but. I'm not too worried about Florida State. I think they'll be okay.
0: You know what's funny about that? I I I had the same thought. We could end up with a college football playoff that looks very different than the college football playoffs we've been getting. But wouldn't it be funny and sort of boring if by the end of the year we're staring at Alabama back in the mix in the top four, Georgia's steamrolled everybody, and and then one of those two schools ends up ho- hoisting the trophy, and we're right back to where we were after all this talk about all this excitement and change in college football. I still wouldn't write that off as a possibility that these teams figure themselves out and still end up beating everybody else.
1: Well, Alabama has to find a quarterback. That's the first problem. But, yeah, you're giving Nick Saban an entire season to get it figured out. If, if they get in at four again, we see what can happen. Uh, with Alabama at that in that position. But Ohio State Notre Dame I think is a huge one this weekend. I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing if Notre Dame finally has something to, you know, put up against the power. But talking about Alabama and Georgia, it's not a given that those two teams are going to be there even if Alabama runs the table the rest of the way. Uh the SEC has not looked good so far this season, especially in the out of conference games where they're supposed to shine. Uh I don't know that they get the benefit of the doubt this year. The Big Ten may get the benefit of the doubt this year. Uh but a two team, you know, two teams from the SEC being in that top four—I don't think that's a lock anymore.
0: This year is a really good, um, uh, a, a really good example of why expansion is going to help the sport. Because you're, you're right—at the end of the year, if everything kind of tracks the way that it is, how are we ever going to decide on four teams? There's going to be so much debate. It'll be fun for talk shows like this, but you're going to end up leaving out some really good teams.
1: But I think that's why expansion. That's the downside of expansion, from my perspective. If Alabama is at ten right now, they're not sweating nearly as much if it's a twelve-team playoff. But when you're looking at trying to get into that Final Four, uh, things are a little bit uh, a little hazy in that picture down in uh, Tuscaloosa.
0: So I completely agree with you. I I liked uh, a minor expansion. Six I thought was the sweet spot. Twelve is too much, but uh, it would set up this year for an exciting tournament. Real quick on Timmy McClain, he made his debut at the Knights, 20 of 28 passing, 321 yards, a couple of touchdowns. It's hard to make too much of it because it's Villanova, but what did you think of his performance?
1: I thought it took him a little bit of time to settle in, but that was absolutely expected. The guy hadn't played college football on on a field with the lights on in, uh, you know, what, a year and a half or almost two years. So I think, you know, once he got in there, got in the groove, looked great. And, again, it's Villanova. Saturday's the big test. You know, we'll be out there. West two headed to Manhattan, Kansas. That's gonna be a, a fun journey. It's not quite as easy as uh getting off a plane in Cincinnati or Philadelphia for Temple, you know. <laughs> this is gonna be a fun trip. But I think that's gonna be the defining moment for Timmy McLean. It's early, I get it, it's not all or nothing. Uh but if this team has to ride with him for the next few weeks at least, Saturday's gotta go well. And Kansas State did not look good against Missouri. They really did not And I know Missouri had to kick a game winning field goal, you know, from 61 yards out. Uh, But that's not a good Missouri team. So UCF, definitely better than a puncher's chance heading to Kansas State. But this is going to be the moment that he's waited for, that the school has waited for. There's going to be a lot of pressure on him, and not just him, the rest of the team, too. But he's going to carry a big load Saturday, and it's going to be prime time. It's going to be eight o'clock. You know, I'm looking forward to seeing how he responds. I think he has every bit of what it takes. To absolutely shine in that spotlight. A
0: little disappointing that Kansas State lost that last game just just because it's not that. It it doesn't look the same on the resume if UCF does go in and get the win.
1: But that's the difference of being in the Big 12 and the AAC. Uh, The resume does not matter if you take care of business at this point. You will have the wins that you need. And I mean, how great. Way, way, way too early. They have not played a Big 12 game yet. But how great would it be to see Texas and UCF in a Big 12 championship? That would be electric but again way way too early to say that well uh, i just yeah. want to see i want to see how it translates gus malzahn has told me over and over again and told everyone he does not expect them to have the same hiccups that teams in the past historically have when they change conferences not even just moving up to power five but when you go from conference to conference you usually do not have immediate success but he, he says they're built for this the depth on the line you know the skill positions obviously he was saying this before timmy mcclain had to take over for john rice Plumley. Uh, but they do seem confident that they will not have the the typical stumbles that we've seen in the past. And now it's now it's time to show it.
0: Darren Stoltzfus, sports director at West Two News. You can follow him on Twitter at Darren Stoltzfus. Always appreciate the chat. And next week, if you're uh, if you're back in town in time, we'll uh, we'd love to catch up with you again after your trip to Manhattan.
1: Oh, Brandon, we will be back. We've got a seven a.m. flight back Sunday morning. It's going to be fantastic out of Kansas City. We will be back for Messy Mania in Orlando City. Wow, we can't miss that one. Even if Leo does, we will
0: not miss it. That would be so disappointing for if the he, fans buying tickets. Oh,
1: I know. Oh. If I go to an 8 o'clock game in Manhattan, Kansas, drive to Kansas City, fly back at 7 a.m. Central Time, and he's sitting somewhere eating one of those terrible Argentinian uh, tomato pizzas and not playing <laughs> against Orlando City, I will be absolutely with it.
0: I can't wait to catch up with you next weekend about it. Thanks for so, next uh, Monday. Thanks so much, Darren.
1: Sounds great. Thanks, Brandon.
0: Our old takes get exposed next, but not before I talk to you about our next get-together, which is at Hourglass Brewing on October 19th